the world's most indebted real estate developer sees a new development. What's happening now after Evergrande tried to recoup some losses? And how could it impact the global economy? A Beijing hawk in the Biden administration, Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo kicks off her visit to China. What are the dynamics? American multinational giant 3M facing a staggering $6.5 million fine. That's over its lavish so-called business trips that reportedly covered up secret bribes to Chinese officials. Detained in China and in need of major surgery, an Australian citizen says he fears for his life while awaiting a trial verdict delayed 10 times over more than four years. Welcome to China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Grasping at financial straws, the world's most indebted property company is trying to scrap some money together. Called Evergrande, the Chinese developer resumed trading on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange on Monday after being suspended for 17 months. But things aren't going well. The company's stock shares plummeting over 80 percent on the first day, losing $2 billion of their total market value. Investors are paying close attention to the Chinese developer right now. That's because it's at the center of a real estate crisis threatening China's economy. Analysts and investors fear that damage could spill over into the global economy. China's real estate sector has long been a growth engine for the world's second largest economy, accounting for as much as a quarter of China's growth. Evergrande was a top player in that. But it defaulted in 2021 and filed for bankruptcy protection in New York two weeks ago. Evergrande is $340 billion in debt, almost 2% of China's entire GDP. And it's not just Evergrande. Country Garden, once China's largest property developer, is also heavily facing a heavy financial burden. Evergrande is in the process of restructuring its debt. Getting bankruptcy protection in New York would help protect the company's U.S. assets from creditors for now. Chinese stocks getting a brief uplift, opening about 5 percent higher on Monday. That's after authorities announced a tax cut on stock trading for the first time since 2008. But most of the gains were gone by the afternoon, closing with just above a 1 percent gain. Chinese stocks are among the world's worst performers in August. Concerned with the country's economy and real estate crisis, foreign investors have been dumping billions of dollars worth of Chinese stocks in recent weeks. Can trade stabilize U.S.-China ties? U.S. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo says yes while on her four-day tour to China. She says most U.S.-China trade is not related to national security and exports can be protected while being promoted. But how? NTD's Jeremy Sandberg brings us a closer look. Raimondo arrived in Beijing late Sunday and was greeted at the airport by the Director General of China's Commerce Ministry, Li Feng, and U.S. Ambassador Nick Burns. The U.S. has been working with allies to block the Chinese regime's access to advanced semiconductors and plans to finalize sweeping export restrictions soon. Raimondo emphasized she would tell Chinese officials the U.S. will not negotiate or compromise when it comes to national security and that just because the U.S. invests at home doesn't mean it's looking to decouple from China's economy. She said stable relations between Washington and Beijing are profoundly important as she kicked off a meeting Monday with her counterpart, Chinese Commerce Minister Wang Wentou. The U.S. Commerce Department removed 27 Chinese entities from the unverified list ahead of Raimondo's trip, which restrict companies from receiving sensitive U.S. technology exports. 
The Commerce Secretary also wants to boost travel and tourism between the two countries. House Select China Committee Chair Mike Gallagher and other Republicans urged Raimondo to tighten export controls on the CCP ahead of her visit. Officials warn the Chinese regime has no intention of changing policies, such as forced technology transfers and state subsidies that led to current export controls. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. According to an analysis of trade data last year, a Commerce Department-led process approved almost all requests to export tech to China. And a recent congressional report reveals that nearly 200 export licenses, valued at tens of billions of dollars, were issued to Chinese firms on the U.S. blacklist. Among them, suppliers to China's tech giant Huawei received over half of those alone. A U.S. federal agency came down hard on manufacturer 3M on Friday, fining it over $6.5 million. The charges? The American giant's Chinese subsidiary allegedly bribed Chinese hospital officials via luxurious business trips abroad. NTD's Jeremy Sandberg has more. The SEC said last week that 3M's wholly-owned China unit arranged for Chinese healthcare officials overseas travel, sightseeing, and entertainment activities on the pretext that they were attending conferences or marketing activities from at least 2014 to 2018. At least one former 3M China marketing manager and several staff from the sales, marketing, and professional services departments were involved in the scheme. Those 3M China employees targeted influential officials working at state-owned Chinese entities with the aid of two Chinese travel agencies and created a fake itinerary to get approval from the company's compliance personnel along with an alternative set of tourism activities near the event venue. The tourist destinations included Los Angeles, Nashville, Boston, Chicago, and Sydney. The official agenda was packed with educational events, while the alternative itinerary had primarily tourism activities. The SEC said 3M China paid nearly $1 million for 24 such trips and measured whether these payments were driving up sales, and that at least one employee from 3M's China unit was in charge of tracking post-trip sales to ensure they were consistent with 3M China sales goals. The SEC says 3M improperly benefited at least $3.5 million in increased sales. It also paid a Chinese travel agency a total of $254,000 in 15 payments for vaguely termed marketing efforts, then improperly recorded the costs as legitimate business expenses. 3M agreed to pay the fine without admitting or denying the findings. The SEC says the company promptly self-reported its employees' misconduct after first learning about it in 2018 and fully cooperated with its investigation. The Minnesota-based company subsequently took corrective measures, including disciplining employees involved in the misconduct, terminating its relationship with Chinese travel agencies, and enhancing its internal controls environment and compliance program. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. New details revealed about Washington's three-month pandemic probe. According to a Sky News exclusive, President Joe Biden's investigation into the origins of COVID-19 censored input from the intelligence community. Specifically, that scientists found that COVID-19 was most likely man-made. Here's how it all started. Back in 2021, reports revealed that staff at Wuhan's now infamous virology lab had been hospitalized two years earlier, in November 2019. Those researchers were showing COVID-19-like symptoms at the time and were later believed to be patients zero. That reveal sparked the White House to order a probe. Ninety days later, the findings concluded that the virus was not genetically engineered, even if it had leaked from a lab. That report allegedly left out some details. 
Based on Thursday's Sky News reveal, the four intelligence agency groups that performed the investigation actually said the opposite, that the likelihood COVID-19 was lab-created ranged from reasonable to highly likely. That's after discoveries described internally as a smoking gun. Sources say the White House report left out or removed around 90% of the intelligence community scientists' edits. They also say the research team believes the final White House report was scientifically inaccurate, saying, quote, there was a lot of erroneous information. A full travel rebound. China is lifting its COVID-19 antigen test requirements for all travelers entering the country. The announcement was made on Monday and will take effect this Wednesday. The regime put an end to its zero-COVID policy last December. That's after years of lengthy draconian lockdowns, which fueled anger across the nation. Earlier this year, China dropped the PCR test mandate for all inbound travelers. Instead, those who came into the country were required to show a negative antigen test result 48 hours before boarding their flights. Meanwhile, China's communist neighbor, North Korea, is finally allowing citizens abroad to return home, following some four years of tight border controls. A Tokyo-Beijing dispute is boiling over over the release of treated radioactive water from the Fukushima nuclear power plant. On Monday, Japan summoned China's ambassador after a flood of what were called extremely regrettable harassment phone calls from China inundated Japan's local businesses. A lot of harassment phone calls regarding the Fukushima water release, believed to be originating from China, are occurring in Japan. These developments are extremely regrettable, and we are concerned. Plus, cases of stones getting thrown at the Japanese embassy and schools in China. Last week, China banned all seafood imports after Japan started discharging the treated wastewater. The International Atomic Energy Agency has said that discharged water is well within safe limits. China has been discharging treated radioactive wastewater into the oceans for decades. We will continue to strongly urge the Chinese government to take appropriate responses, such as calling on its people to act calmly. Japan's embassy urged the tens of thousands of Japanese living in China to keep a low profile. On Monday, China's foreign ministry said it was not aware of the harassment calls. Given the current strains between the two, both agreed to postpone a planned diplomatic visit to China by a Japanese official. Fears of death inside a Chinese detention center. Yang Hengjun is a writer and blogger, jailed in China for four and a half years. The Australian citizen was arrested at China's Guangzhou airport in 2019 and slapped with undisclosed national security charges. He denies working as a spy for Australia or the United States. Alongside strained relations between Australia and China, his case has been delayed 10 times. A verdict is now due in October. But friends of Yang say time is of the essence. The Australian embassy in Beijing visited Yang on Thursday. Officials were told he has a four-inch cyst on his kidney that may require surgery. According to a friend, Yang has said, quote, If something happens with my health and I die in here, people outside won't know the truth. Adding he was not presented with immediate treatment options in custody.
Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese said Monday that he had raised the concerns with Chinese leader Xi Jinping at the next month's G20 summit. The deputy prime minister followed suit. And we will continue to uh, advocate on behalf of this person to the Chinese government and, and, and do everything we can for, the, for his circumstances. China defended its handling of his detention. Some fear Beijing will use Yang's case as an example in its newly revamped counter-espionage law and campaign. Another big story to look out for, as foreign funding dries up in China, Chinese bankers and business executives are taking up a novel way of unlocking domestic capital by throwing eggs. How is China's hottest poker game exposing attitude shifts in Chinese society? Stay tuned for more coming up tomorrow on China in Focus. But coming up today, Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo is in Beijing. Several days of talks aiming to boost U.S.-China business ties. But will she achieve that goal? Plus, American manufacturer 3M fined millions for secretly funneling bribes to Chinese officials. How does this case highlight the dangers facing today's America? We sat down with Casey Fleming, CEO of Black Ops Partners, for details. More on that after the break here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. On a visit to Beijing, Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo on Monday stressed the importance of strong economic ties between the U.S. and Beijing, adding that if done right, they could help stabilize political relations. But how? Her visit comes as Beijing struggles to save its faltering economy. What are the topics dominating the secretary's visit? We sat down with Casey Fleming, CEO of Black Ops Partners, for more. Casey Fleming, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. Thank you for having me. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo is in China. This comes as there's increasing trade restrictions with China, but her trip aims to boost cooperation between the two sides. So how do you see this trip playing out? I think uh, more of the same, both from the Chinese Communist Party side as well as the U.S. side. It's uh, Each side is just pretty much playing each other. And, uh, you know, more of the same as far as, yeah, well, first of all, China is not happy with the United States, which when we talk about China, we're always speaking about the CCP because it's a completely controlled uh, communist uh, regime. But uh, from the other piece of it, you know, in the U.S., yes, we want to normalize relations. We we want to normalize trade. uh, But it's going to be very difficult because we've uh, we've shut down quite a few of the technology pieces, which needs to go much further. But uh, back to you. And Raimondo is just the latest in a series of diplomatic talks and trips to China. There was Blinken, Yellen and Kerry. How do you see this trip? Is it the same or is it different? It's much the same. Uh, The CCP and Xi Jinping is not happy with the United States. Uh, He certainly won't be meeting with them. It'll probably be one of their prime ministers um, uh, regarding trade. Uh, This is just window dressing. Uh, The CCP, you always have to understand that China, China is completely controlled by the CCP and they are arch enemies of the West. 
the one thing that threatens their control and their regime is freedom and uh, information, freedom and liberty. And that's what we stand for. So we are arch enemies uh, as they have uh, acclaimed over many, many years. It's not something that's under the table. It's something that's straight out in the open. So why do we even want to do trade with uh, a sworn enemy of the United States and a sworn, sworn enemy of our freedom and our liberty? Uh, so it's more of the same. Uh, it's talk. Uh, CCP is not interested, but they will play us as far as we're, we are willing to be played. And Casey, when it comes to the Biden administration, it seems their focus is on diplomatic detente, but at the same time, they've kept a lot of the tariffs under Trump in place, which was seen as very tough on China. How do you read this approach? Uh, I read this approach as basically uh, a staycation, if you will. Um, they need to amp up, the Biden administration and all of our law enforcement needs to amp up our efforts to control the CCP in the way that they are infiltrating and subverting uh, the US, uh, our society and the free world. So we need to step it up. I mean, look at fentanyl, look at the theft of intellectual property, look at buying, uh, um, you know, uh, farmland throughout the United States. Any way the Chinese Communist Party can weaken the United States, they are doing it. And all we're doing by doing trade with the Chinese Communist Party is uh, is feeding that, uh, you know, we're feeding our enemy. So why would we do that? Um, that's something that we all have to look at. And so, uh, you know, honestly, the number one thing that I think every American needs to be aware of is foreign influence. And we need to outlaw and criminalize any type of foreign influence, uh, whether it's any type of monetization. Anybody receiving monetization for foreign influence should be illegal and should be an absolute federal crime. And it should be punished uh, as a, as a, along the lines of treason. And that's where we are. If you understand the Chinese Communist Party, that's where we are. And Casey, when it comes to foreign interference and the headlines right now is about 3M, who has just fined or just reached a settlement of $6.5 million that's on the grounds of allegedly bribing Chinese officials with trips overseas to the U.S. especially. What do you make of this whole case? Uh, I think that's foreign influence on its face. And, you know, it's it's alleged, and they settled this alleged crime of bribing Chinese officials. Remember, Chinese officials are all Chinese Communist Party sworn uh, to be in their position. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in their position. So you have to understand, it's your communist enemy that you're trying to do business with, and you're trying to feed them and power them to eliminate freedom and democracy, well, freedom and liberty in the United States. So um, it, it appears, in my opinion, that 3M got caught and they paid a settlement, but that's along the same lines, in my opinion, of foreign influence. So there, it should be a federal crime. Any type of foreign influence, whether it's bribery or receiving money, um, uh, any type of foreign influence on U.S. soil or, or free world soil should be punished by federal crimes in the U.S. as well as our, our free world allies. And when it comes to these overseas trips, it seems that was also talked about recently. The U.K. was talking about Chinese spies using LinkedIn and other sites to recruit spies for them. And a lot of that was through overseas trips. So when it comes to that, especially, say, government officials who are looking for a job, 
What is the solution here? Uh, again, it needs to be a federal law that says that if you're receiving any compensation from uh, a foreign adversary, uh, we just haven't listed China as China and the CCP as a foreign adversary, but I assure you the CCP has certainly listed us as their number one adversary, and they don't call us an adversary, they call us an enemy. So if we're, if we're receiving any type of compensation by a foreign nation that classifies the United States as their enemy, then that should be a federal law, and it should be under the same level of treason. So that's what people need to understand. It's, that's where we are in this. When you read between the lines, and you've been doing this a long time like we have, uh, that's really what we're faced with right now. Now, the other piece that we're not looking at yet, and we should be, is the Chinese economy, parentheses CCP economy, is unwinding. And it's unwinding very, very quickly. It will have an effect on the, the rest of the world, the global economy. So they're looking to the United States, in parentheses, the U.S. taxpayer, to pay, you know, to basically make uh, cash in injections into the CCP economy. And that's what U.S. taxpayers need to understand. That's not something we're interested in. Yes, are we going to have uh, uh, some, some difficulties and some adversity uh, in the near future as the Chinese economy slash CCP economy unwinds? But, you know, um, you know, uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of, of cure. So um, that's kind of where we're at. And so people need to understand it's a different world than it was two, two and three years ago. And yes, is the Chinese com uh, economy uh, imploding? Very possibly. Uh, does that mean the CCP is going away? Absolutely not. It means they're going to go back. If, if it does implode and it does uh, affect the global economy, that just means the CCP is going to go back and regroup and come at us again and again and again until that regime is is gone and exterminated. Exterminated economically. I'm not talking about uh, war at this time, but that's really what we have to look at. So Americans need to understand it's a different world now. And what's in the balance is, is your children and your grandchildren. And the decisions you make today are going to affect them. Casey Fleming, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocusntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.